Hello and welcome to The Appetite, a podcast brought to you by Opal Food and Body Wisdom, an eating disorder center in Seattle, Washington. I'm your host, Carter Umhow, a therapist, artist, and writer. The Appetite is all about issues of food, body, sport, and mental health. And today we're actually going to be talking about envy. Envy is an emotion that a lot of people don't really want to admit to. But today we've got Opal co-founders Lexi Giblin and Kara Bazzi admitting to their envy for one another. Kara and Lexi, you two have experienced a lot of envy in your relationship, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> We're staring at each other. <laughs> the awkward yeah, conversation. Awkward. I mean, hear a but lot of envy. It was awkward, yeah. but it's turned into not being awkward because we've talked about it so much. Yeah, we've come a long way. So today we're talking about envy and how it can look really differently when it's unhelpful versus helpful envy. And I know, Kara and Lexi, you have experienced a lot of envy in your relationship. Is that right? That's true. Tell us a little bit about the history of your relationship. Yeah, well, we opened Opal together with Julie Church about seven years ago. And so we've we've seen each other almost every day for the last <laughs> seven years. All, and prior yeah, to that. Yeah, also. and prior to that, we were friends and worked in private practice. We were in the same together. office suite. Yeah. So we have a, a close relationship that is committed. Mm-hmm. And we plan to be in relationship the rest of our lives. Wow. And re- and envy has been a big part of our relationship. And prior to opening Opal, we were certainly seeing each other every day in our private practice, but going into a business together to the degree that we have took our relationship to a whole different level. On another level. Whole different level. For sure. I always talk about it's almost more of a commitment in some ways than marriage going into business together Why? in this way. Why is that? Well, because we're really having to make decisions about everything together, with clinical and financial decisions and taking this massive risk together. Yeah, you're having to take care of the relationship itself and all this responsibility. Yeah. (laughs) So when did envy come into play? Is it always there, do you think? Well, for me, I've probably always had envy towards Kara. And that's probably one of the reasons I was drawn to her as a person. I felt admiring of her and I wanted to be around her more. That probably drove our friendship and my interest in being closer at, mm-hmm. at the beginning. <laughs> and then at other times it's shifted, which we can talk about. So I think mostly I've experienced helpful, what we would call helpful envy towards Kara, where I see her as someone to admire or she has qualities that I look up to or she kind of makes me be a better person because mm-hmm. I can see she can she can do things that make me realize that, hey, I could do that too. Yeah. And that's within my reach. But I didn't even know it was until in my reach until I saw Kara do it. And now I want it and I can do it. So yeah. you're you're putting the word envy on that. And yeah. I don't think most people would call that envy. Right. <laughs> that mean, sounds kind yeah. of productive and it sounds like you admired her. More yeah. inspired by is what I would have, that's the word I would have thought of. You wouldn't have thought yeah. about it as I envy. wouldn't have thought it. Until we, unhelpful envy came into our relationship, I don't think I would have categorized, like now that she's saying that, I would have said, yeah, I had envy towards you from the beginning too in the, that mm-hmm. inspired type of way of really looking up to her and respecting her a lot. and mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's zoom back a little bit into kind of the difference between the, this language that you're using, whether it's helpful or unhelpful envy. 
that, those are not terms that I think most people would use. It'd be like, mm. I'm admire you, and then I'm jealous and I hate you. <laughs> That's sort of the more <laughs> common yeah. Yeah. trajectory of a relationship. Yeah. So where did this language come from? This is from radically open dialectical behavioral therapy. So we talk about how all emotions have a purpose and all emotions can be helpful or unhelpful. And so we look at what the helpfulness of envy and the unhelpfulness of envy. And when when envy is helpful, it's motivating our actions. It's, it's kind of shining a light on something we want and is reachable. And mm-hmm. we are inspired to be a better person in whatever way in order to become what they are, what the other person is. And I would add, I think the reason why Lexi and I have a lot of helpful envy towards each other too is that we're both pretty high achievers. And so I think we're both interested in growth and achievement probably to a pretty strong degree. So we we can feed off each other (laughs) and see qualities or things we want to develop in ourselves and each other. I would say that's true from the beginning of a relationship. We're both competitors. Yeah, we're both... We're both athletes from our childhood, and in fact, the first time that Julie and I met Lexi, she was presenting her dissertation, so we got to see her in that light, and we're like, oh, we need to know this. We need to know this woman. She's pretty incredible. So a lot of the relationship at the get-go between all three of you as owners were, it was founded in this admiration of one another. Totally. First, which makes a lot of sense. And even in deciding to open Opal, a major reason was because we we had such good synergy and we really thought this is the only way we can do this because we respect each other and admire each other a lot and see the gifts in each other that we wouldn't have to be burdened by ourselves to do something so big. Mm-hmm. So, Lexi, you were just saying in radically open dialectical behavioral therapy or RODBT, which is a lot easier to say, mm-hmm. that these concepts of helpful versus unhelpful envy, it sounds like they can bring you closer to yourself and bring you closer to other people in it. I want to zoom back a little bit into what is RODBT, because I think that that matters in kind of a baseline or groundwork for why even think about envy. Yeah, right. So RODBT is an evidence-based treatment for disorders of over-control. So it treats folks who tend to be more inhibited and and risk-averse. So an over-controlled individual will not be as expressive in various ways, which is how it relates to envy, and particularly unhelpful envy, when the blend of emotions are shame and attack. In unhelpful envy, a person is motivated to prevent another person from achieving their goals. So this is where shame and anger join forces and can move a person towards like plotting kind of secret revenge on another person in order to get in the way of their achievement. And by the or, way, or hide, right? Hide. Yeah. So either way, so you're either controlling way. something. Yeah. Right. But the, it, with unhelpful envy, it's off, the hiding is the secret revenge. Oh. So it's not, it's not something people would see necessarily. It's underground. I can think about an example of that where I think in the relationships that I felt envy in, I do typically retreat and I kind of want someone to come find me mm-hmm. secretly, right? It's like I'm going to withhold my relationship now mm-hmm. because I'm feeling these things mm-hmm. and you won't know until you know that I'm not here. So, Which even, you, you. <laughs> even you saying that, Kurt, it's so – it just – 
I think of the f- the first time in which we'll talk about where Lexi expressed her unhelpful envy towards me came at a time where, I mean, the worst thing in the world would be somebody retreating from me. My biggest desire was to be connected and close, and especially with somebody like Lexi, who I feel is such a close person in my life. And so the idea of retreating is immediately is like one of my most terrifying possibilities. Oof. Yeah. I think so it's pretty brutal really the first time it happened. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we could get into that example. Yeah. What happened? Well, it was a fateful day <laughs> in Oregon. Rainy and gloomy and dark. Do, 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 do. <laughs> no, it might have been sunny. <laughs> no, just I think, you know, it, it in retrospect, it, there had been some uh, envy building, both helpful and unhelpful envy building over time. <laughs> and Karen and I were newer into like this level of intimacy in our relationship at the time. And same, you know, Julie, Karen and I were just getting to really, really, really know each other, you know. And... It was a day in in Oregon, in Eugene, and Kara's, all of Kara's wonderfulness was just, felt like it was on display all day. In what and, ways? Yeah, um, <laughs> what ways? I'm curious about that. <laughs> well, because uh, we were meeting we were, new people. We were meeting right? new people, and she is, you know, you're, she's so dynamic, and people love her and want to be close to her, and, and she's a great friend and all of these things. So you could kind of, you could see that, that I was witnessing that. We went to the run, the track at Eugene Hayward Field. Hayward Field. So she was, you know, she has an athletic career that, you know, a runner, a runner. She's a runner. Yes, yes. that was and, one of our yeah tracks that we recently. And then she wanted to go on a run in this, you know, where she used to run, and 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 then all the while being absolutely beautiful while doing all of these things, you know, and so the combination of that and then just she's such a good person. So it was like. I think that day it was just like, oh my god, this is this is getting annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like this is this is too much. You're too good. All in one day. Yeah. You're on the the podium all day and I'm clapping <laughs> for you. It's <laughs> funny to hear you talk about it now. Like That's that. how it was. Yeah. Okay. So she was on the number one podium and I was in the audience. Just wonderful, Kara. Way to go. This is so great. You know, and I just hit a wall. And then I hit a wall. And it was right after the run at the track. Because I remember that's when we were were running together. I don't run. (laughs) (laughs) Which is another place where I have um, envy towards Kara. Because I would love to be able to run. It's just not my body wasn't made for such things. Mm -hmm. So I have envy about that. She can just get up and go wherever she wants and go run. I can't do that. <laughs> so then we, our car was parked by Hayward Field. Yeah. And that's when, when we got, I feel like it was when we were getting loaded back into the car is when you said yeah, something to me. probably. <laughs> I remember that moment because that see was. Lexi's face right now. She's like, you know, know. just looking high eyes oh into gosh. the sky. And then this like, ugh. And I had no yeah. idea what was about to come. Right. Well, it's with so hum- I mean, it's so humbling for me to say all of this stuff, right? It's, it's embarrassing to some degree. Yeah, I think I remember getting in the car and we had like a three hour drive back to Portland or something. And we were, yeah, I don't know what I said. I don't, I said, I think I just said like, I'm having a hard time because I just am feeling like really crappy about myself in relation to you today. Do you remember what I said? I can't, 
remember. I just remember how I felt, but I can't remember the words you use. Which but is it striking was... that neither of you could really remember what was said because yes. I think it speaks to how intense the motion probably yes. was in yeah. the car. I was yeah. very yeah. distressed. And at the time, so my in unhelpful envy towards Kara was I was in as she was running around <laughs> in Eugene, I was thinking like, ah, oh, this is I feel inadequate in relationship to her and how am I going to deal with this we are in relationship in a hardcore way for the next forever for a lifetime and so my my thoughts were going to like you know I think I'm just going to kind of keep my distance more from Kara I think it's a little too painful to be to be too close to her because I don't know that I can tolerate all this these feelings of inadequacy that come up which for is me. I think first of all just a really mature way to be thinking, Lexi, even if you were wanting to withdraw to be able to notice that you were wanting that. I feel like a lot of people would not even notice that that's happening and just yeah. withdraw. And that would be the end of the relationship yeah, right there. Yeah, just kind of ghost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I couldn't ghost. Right. You know, that's part of what here, what You've been was forced going. to talk and, about it. And I didn't really want to. I wanted to be close to Kara. I mean, that's there was a strong drive for that. But then all the shame was pushing me to retreat, I'd say. So that was the conversation and it was it was a couple hours and Julie was involved and what do you remember Kara? I mean I remember mostly how I felt that was an experience and a conversation that I have referenced to this day. I mean I think it was a changing point for me in a lot of ways. One interpersonally I was, like I said, I was terrified of anyone wanting to distance themselves from me. And I think throughout the course of my life, I've really been attuned to how people related to me and would and would try to compensate to get people to be close to me, <laughs> essentially. And so to have you, you express those things and feel like I didn't have a lot of control over changing that, like I can't change my appearance I mean, I, I can to some degree, but not really. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I don't want to change. I didn't want to change my love of, you know, my love and expression in sport. <laughs> of <course>. And so <laughs> these are things you're, it, you're, you're, you're saying things that I can't, like my knee jerk reaction is what can I do to change myself so that you can be close to me? Um, but I couldn't do that. And so that was really, it was really distressing, really uncomfortable. And I think just tapped, like I got, my whole system was just, on alert because I didn't want you to back away from me. That was really, that was just a a painful thought. And, and I hadn't had anyone share those kind of things directly with me before. And so I was like, oh my gosh, what if this is how other people have seen me? What if other people have backed away from me? And then I just think that was to enter that, (laughs) to have that be a possibility in all my relationships just brought about my, like really activated my insecure attachment and, so uh, that just it was it was hard and it was also you were telling me the truth now looking back in retrospect i can see a lot of the relief but at the time it, i think it was, it was too tapped it into was my fear messy it was really it messy like this you know it was it was painful for all of us yeah but yeah i remember that being part of the conversation too Kara. i was like i i bet this is happening in other relationships of your life and maybe you're not aware of it right and even so it, interesting, too, in my whole because I have a history of having an eating disorder. So even my own process about viewing my appearance and my body, it, that was an interesting time in my journey, too, because 
there was so many years that I hated my body, was preoccupied with my body. And then in my recovery process, I almost swung the opposite where I wanted to believe that my body didn't matter in relationship and just like, can't we all connect to each other and body not be a part of it? And so to also bring my aesthetic and my external appearance into the mix around relationships was another huge challenge, but also I think necessary. Now, and again, in retrospect, I can look back and just see that as like such a gift, that conversation, both for my relationships and for my process with my own body image. But at the time, I didn't want to believe that my body mattered. I didn't want any barrier to closeness, essentially as a good friend saying, actually, there is a barrier, there's a potential barrier was very hard. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'm, you know, I certainly wasn't conscious at the time, but I was aware enough at that, I knew you well enough at that point to know that distancing would be a r- real zinger for you. Real zinger. <laughs> so you were actively trying not to do that? Or well, I mean, I think I had, I had feelings of, I mean, that was the anger part, I think. I think I, you know, I had my, I don't know how long of like, I think I'm just going to distance. This is too much too. I think that was an, a way of being angry at Kara because I would, I would have at some level known that that would be really painful for her, but it was also self-protective. Well, and I think you and Julie, I think the other part of you and Julie expressing your anger was in the, was being frustrated that I wasn't acknowledging my appearance mm-hmm. and my body that I wanted to pretend that that wasn't a part of I my life. I remember being really frustrated by that. Like this is having, this is important. This is impacting your relationships and the people around you and, and I you're minimizing it. I was minimizing it. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you two are describing kind of being in the weeds of figuring out all that was happening. And I'm curious what happened next to get you out of it. It sounds like it's been a process. So there's tons of conversation. Mm-mm. Lexi, where did you start realizing like, oh, this envy is actually helpful at some point. I don't just want to distance myself. This is actually something that could be fruitful for us or for me. Well, I mean, I don't think I was conscious of it in in that, that conversation, but just starting to talk about it, outing myself, going opposite to unhelpful envy, which is outing yourself about your envy to the person you're envious towards. That's going opposite to unhelpful envy. So that's what I did. And then... What turned it into helpful? Oh, yeah. And then I think that helped me, that shifted, helped me shift to more of a helpful envy. Like, you know what? I'm not going to be Kara. And I'm, and that's okay with me. There are some great things about Kara that I would like to, you know, that she inspires me in different ways and I can do those things, but I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be a runner. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to look like Kara, but um, I'm going to be the best version of, of me that I can be. And then what's happened over the years in our relationship is I just tell her when I'm feeling envious which happened recently, right? I mean, there was a time mm-hmm. that I was feeling some, I don't know, unhelpful unhelpful envy because it was getting in the way of our relationship. I outed it. So I think we just, now we have this ongoing envy conversation mm-hmm. happening. Which sounds like a really healthy version of it. And I can imagine that going really poorly in a lot of relationships where instead it would be like, I don't like the way that you're acting right now. You're being this, you're being that, you're too out there. Stop it, Kara. Rather than... Being able to own, own your own stuff. Yeah. I'm having this feeling. I'm feeling jealous. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Envious. Which actually, what's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> jealousy yeah. well, and envy. And, and, and that's, that's where at this point, too, I just am like, Lexi 
I'm I, the word is it's hard to figure out a word, but I just feel so maybe inspired, proud, courageous. It's just amazing that she will own her stuff. And and I, I feel inspired to own my own stuff, too. And I think there's so much more trust now. And the envy doesn't feel threatening at all because I know that she is going to express it and therefore we can remain close. And I just, I mean, what what would the world be like if we all could do that? So, Lexi, you're describing a pretty healthy version of talking about your envy. But when you say outing, what does that actually mean to you? So going opposite uh-huh. to envy. So doing, like, you, you remember the urges are anger and shame. So going opposite to anger and shame means because shame pushes us to hide, anger pushes us to attack. So going opposite to those would be no longer hiding and no longer attacking. And so to do the opposite of shame and anger, I would, if I were to go all the way opposite, which I did, mm-hmm. <laughs> would be to reveal my envy towards the person I envy. Say it just straight up. I'm having envy towards you in whatever way. And I, having had that experience of outing envy myself, I like, okay, I know what that means. But I also can imagine that it is, that could be even a place where it's more distancing, depending mm-hmm. on how you say it or how you're engaging the conversation. So to just say, I am mad at you because you're beautiful. <laughs> okay, well, then what? You know, <laughs> then what happens? What happens yeah. internally for you, the person that's saying it, and then what happens to the person that's receiving it? Both of you have to be pretty evolved to be able to reflect on what's yours to reflect on and what's between the two of you, what the responsibility is in the relationship. It's a pretty complicated process, actually. As the person expressing the envy, it makes a pretty big difference saying, I am feeling envy towards you versus I hate you because you're pretty. Right? Like that's... Yeah. If you're saying I hate you because you're pretty, of course the listener is going to feel more defense. There's going to be more unhelpful things coming up as the listener, but to to own it, so to use the I statements, right? Mm -hmm. Like to say, I actually... And feeling this emotion. Yeah, I mean, to break down the <clears throat> skill, the first part of the skill is admitting your envy, which is, you know, we've talked about it's this admitting that you're even having envy privately, privately is humbling and vulnerable, right? So first admitting that you're envious and then um, going opposite to envy is a whole nother level mm-hmm. of putting it out there. And, and part of this work, though, once you admit your envy, the work is, whoa, this is telling me that there's something I desire, that this is about, this emotion is telling me something that there's there's something I desire or that I admire about this person, or that maybe this is telling me that I should work harder in this area to be more like this person, or it, it motivates us. So it tells us that there's something up in our own psychology mm-hmm. It's not, of course, it's not about Kara. It's really, it is about our relationship, but the emotions I were ha- was having wasn't about her her appearance. I mean, it, it was, and it was really mine to own. Which I think sometimes then when we're feeling envy, we might not have to out it or admit it to the other person if we are seeing that it's just an indication of something we want. I don't share all of my envy right. with people because... It's not necessarily creating distance with someone if I can catch that and see that it's just something I want versus putting it kind of into the uh, like relationship realm. Mm-hmm. 
It reveals mm-hmm. something about yourself to yourself. To myself. And but, that's all I really need in mm-hmm. some cases. But if it is something that's distancing, that's where there's an, a, the opportunity to say it. And I think because Lexi and I have had enough practice as the listener, it doesn't actually, at this point, I don't have the same dysregulation when she does it because I know she's, I, I, I have lots of trust and confidence that she's saying it to me because she's interested in staying close to me. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually an opportunity of intimacy. Like I feel close when yeah. she does it. I've noticed in one of my relationships where I have expressed a lot of envy, it's with a friend that I'm really close to and we find ourselves often feeling envious of each other and then noticing that we're actively choosing not to do things together because we feel envious. Mm-hmm. And then when we talk about it, it gives us the opportunity again to say, oh, actually, let's just do that together. Let's do it together and be on the same team in it rather than these opposing forces where neither of us gets anything right. out of it. Yeah, right. And taking it back to the metaphor of being competitor. Right. Join right. forces yeah, join your for- competitor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> these are exactly. formidable ladies. Fun. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> right. The other thing I want to point out is that we tend, research shows that we tend to envy those who we are similar to. Interesting. So, wonder why that is. Well, you you won't be envious of someone who has qualities that are unreachable. Like I'm not I'm not envious of Queen Elizabeth, <laughs> right? I don't have. There's no way I could ever be her, and don't want to be her. And but Kara, right next to me, there's different ways that I could that we're very similar in some ways, and so it's a hotbed for comparison. Mm-hmm. And I can see all the ways that she's got these things that I would love to have and, you know, and then and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, right? That is interesting because, it again, I think really points out places where it can be helpful to understand that you are running the same race. And right. that's why you're so scared of the other person being better because they could win mm-hmm. <laughs> or they might get the thing that you want because they're six steps ahead of you. If only you could get there something like that. Yeah, that reminds me like one practical thing I think of that helps me in my own personal work when I identify envy is seeing kind of the comparison piece of it and recognizing that that doesn't have to be finite just because somebody is good at something doesn't mean I'm less than that we both can be. There's there's plenty of achieving that can happen and that it doesn't mean that because someone's good at something, then I just have to take myself out of the competition. We both can be expressing our gifts. And actually, I mean, interestingly, even in this moment, I think of like the three of us in this room and all three of us have some similarities when it comes to our minds and psychology and... We're badasses. Yeah, all All badasses. And and there's even been times like, I don't need to be on this episode because they got it. I'm not saying anything new or interesting because... They're both incredible and they have a lot of great things to say. And, you know, I've, I was outing, I have some envy of how good Carter is with her language and her words. And, and so like, I could easily kind of pull myself out of this and I could say, I still have value too. We all have value and we all have kind of a unique way of expressing things that could sync up with certain people better than others. I feel like sometimes there can be a way that we are inspired to do more because of envy. But I've had the experience as someone that struggles to do more. <laughs> like I don't often feel motivated to do more or to achieve or mm-hmm. to – I'm kind of – I like being in my own space and just 
feeling peaceful in it. And I have had envy to other people or for other people's achievements even and really had to kind of figure out, well, who am I in this? Because I don't know if I actually want to take the path toward what they have, nor do I think I would actually be good at it. Like that might not actually fit who I am because of a skill I don't have or because of my actual personality, my real self. And that has been more of a process for me of knowing where the desire is and then sometimes not necessarily moving toward more desire, but grieving the fact Mm -hmm. that that's all it is, that Mm -hmm. I might not be able to have that or in practicality, it won't actually work. I don't know if that feels too vague. Well, I know it for me with Kara, you know, I just feel like I'm, I just feel like I'm, ex- I'm accepting of our differences, like the things I'm envious of Kara about some of the things I just will never have. And, and I, and I actually am more and more okay with that within myself because I've got my own stuff that I feel good about, Yeah, you know, that, that is in conflict with Kara, right? So I'd have to let go of something about me in order to be like Kara. It, it's, um... It just feels like more of an acceptance mode most of the time. I got in a conversation with a best friend a month or two ago about a moment where I had sort of pointed out something to her that she felt really ashamed of suddenly. And then there was this competition between us that I didn't I wasn't aware of. And at the end of the conversation, we both were able to reveal, like, I feel really jealous of you, which is why I made this comment or there's a part of me that feels really insecure because of X, Y, and Z. And she's like, well, I feel insecure because of the opposite, because you're all these wonderful things. I'm like, but you're all these other wonderful things, and I can't be that. But you're like, I can't be this. You know, it was this back and forth yeah. and certainly a revelation around, oh, we both admire things in each other that the other person is not. And it was a humbling thing for me to be able to say, like, I really admire you for all these things that I can't possibly be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to learn on the other side that she too admired me for things that she can't naturally be either. And so once you talk about envy, whether it's a process in yourself or actually in the relationship, you get to learn more of your own strengths or where some of the holes are. And it's kind mm-hmm. of a reckoning mm-hmm. that is important. Yeah. And that actually makes me think of the process that we've been in has been years, right, in our friendship. And I think the more personal work I've done over the last five, six years of even feeling just better about myself in general, then that helps me shift to more helpful envy, like the more admiration side of it. Because again, I feel better about myself and therefore if now, now with her expressing it, I don't feel this fear of me taking off. It's just, it it takes a less, way less threatening stance. Mm. Yeah, I think that personal work is something that really it's matters. Huge. It really yeah. matters. So one other thing that I've noticed in this conversation is that even as I've been speaking, I keep saying jealousy sometimes instead of envy. What is the difference between the two? I use them synonymously. Yeah. The formal difference is jealousy is when you fear that something you have will be taken away. And envy is coveting what someone else has. Okay. So envy, you don't yet have it. And in jealousy, you have it and it's being threatened to be taken away. Think of that with like a jealous boyfriend Boyfriend. or jealous girlfriend, that there's a worry that someone else is going to take that person from you. A third party is involved, yeah. So, but with a friend, I think of it being often a friend with envy that you want something that they have or someone that you're seeing Mm -hmm. want that other thing. Is that right? (laughs) That you want that other thing. 
You want a thing. You want a thing mm-hmm. that you don't yet have. Right. Whether so it's a quality. It's, yeah, yeah. So then it would be envy. Yeah. Like taking it to the, what you shared about me, like being a runner and like the, the uh, envy, yeah. that would be a fitting. I'm not jealous of that. I'm envious of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other interesting side of this is what it feels like to be the subject of envy. I know that when I've been, when I know someone's envious of me in a particular way, I've had urges and sometimes have tried to hide that side of myself or like kind of keep it under wraps so that that the envy doesn't kind of get exacerbated. Mm -hmm. Do you all have experiences of that? Keeping it under wraps. Yeah. Like don't, you're not showing, dimming your light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Intentionally to try to ward off unhelpful envy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like even in the case that I might... I still would want to participate in my sport. I'd still want, well, I wouldn't change the way that I dress or something like that. Um, to, I might be more conscious of what I share or choose not to share in like my successes or something. I think that would be a part of dim, that what I've done historically to, to dim my light. Yeah. And I actually related a lot to what you said earlier, Kara, about one of your main concerns being like loss of, of connection. Because I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like early on I learned that I had power. Early on as a child even, I, I was aware of having power. And I, I think on some level it was something that felt threatening to other people. And I could feel that even though it wasn't conscious yet. So a lot of my work as an adult has been recognizing and learning that. And I have I can look back on my life and I'm still doing this. I think I sabotage myself all the time to not be too powerful or too big so that I can make sure that I still have relationships. Yeah. So I have done it everywhere. Like, okay, let me just not have too much of a thought about this or too much wisdom or want too much or bring too much of myself to the point that my personality developed in order to dim my light. And so as I have recognized that more and more, I think I'm okay, I got to get, I have permission to be bigger, maybe. Mm -hmm. And that is terrifying to me Mm -hmm. because I have learned that it's threatening in relationships if I am, or I feel like gross even thinking about it. It just makes me feel so uncomfortable. Which is so interesting because I think that's played out with the podcast to some degree of you stepping more into your power in this context. Yeah. I've I've seen you. I feel so ambivalent. I've seen you do more of that, and I've been excited about it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to learn that it can be fruitful, and yet it's so scary to me to be to have any sort of power, I think, mm-hmm. because I want to be connected more than I want to have power. So I'll always choose that. Yeah, I really but, to that. Yeah, but then at the end of the day, I don't actually feel connected. Or mm-hmm. to myself or to other people because there's some repercussion in that. Well, you're having to sacrifice right. something in order to be connected. Right. That's what I've noticed recently for me is the more I'm doing less and less of that and appreciating more the sacrifices I've made to stay connected. And so it's it's new territory to some degree to be choosing not to dim my light as much, but testing the waters more and seeing that it isn't necessarily that I'm losing connection. Yeah. I was thinking about this in the context of eating disorders, and I feel like I've heard a lot of people talk about binging or compulsive overeating as a sabotage of sorts. And I think in my own life, I've noticed that that was the case, that I was sort of like trying to hold myself down a little bit or sabotaging in some way. And I think it could be the behavior for sure that other people are 
using in different ways. But I'm intrigued by sort of the way that the unhelpful envy or the desire to dim a light or the recognition even that maybe your light feels dimmer than someone else's can be something that happens in a relationship, but it also really happens internally too. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. like retreating and then maybe harming yourself in some way, whether that's by isolating or using some other behavior or whatever that would actually be sabotaging yourself in order to dim your light. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and it it makes sense that we would sabotage ourselves or dim our lights because if unhelpful envy is active, you could be the recipient of lots of harsh gossip. You could have someone do like schadenfreude, which is the German term for taking pleasure in the pain of others. So there's a lot that can happen negatively towards you if somebody is is out to get you and is vengeful, looking for revenge or trying to make things fair in some way, a la uh, Nancy Kerrigan oh, and Tanya Harding. Uh, yeah. Harding, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the Olympic ice skaters. That mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. right. That's a great example. Right. So it makes sense that we would be careful about our light and keeping it protected in some ways. But interestingly, I was just thinking that even in the story we brought in to this podcast around a conversation, how me dimming my light by minimizing my body actually had the opposite effect of creating anger and legitimate anger for you and Julie. And that didn't help our relationship by trying to pretend that my appearance wasn't a thing. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I don't think dimming light is Is actually that fruitful. Yeah, because then you, you're not your whole self isn't out there for the world and in the relationship, yeah. and people be irritated if you're not acknowledging some power you have. I mean, that's right. annoying, right? So annoying, mm. so annoying. I've gotten that <laughs> feedback. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nothing. You know, that doesn't work yeah, out well relationally either. Yeah. If you're being self-deprecating, yeah, it's also impact. So then, I also think of if we're not dimming our light, then thank God we have people in our lives that can do their own work on managing their own feelings about being in relationship with you. Like Lexi Mm -hmm. has done with me. Yeah. And how I have so much gratitude for the role that you played in my life around this. Yeah. And your willingness to be honest with me and want to stay close with me. And I mean, it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Thanks. I have a lot of gratitude too. We've worked through a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am having this sort of zoom out moment and wondering about people listening that would feel jealous of us talking about this in this way. (laughs) I think I've heard other people that have listened to the podcast say that before sometimes like, how are you guys talking about that? Or, you know, sort of the connection, I think, between the two of you even is something that's palpable to be able to hear the way that you two have sorted through this. And I would imagine... (laughs) For, for people that are like, what? You could talk about this? Mm-hmm. That there would be some, well, but I don't have friendships like that or I don't have awareness like that or I don't know these things. And so I think I just wanted to put it out there again mm-hmm. as a call for self-reflection too. It's just like, what is it that you want? And where can you see the places where that's not possible yet or hasn't manifested yet or you've lost it or something and there can be grief that maybe needs Mm -hmm. to happen in that and an opportunity to really point you towards a desire that is really good to Mm -hmm. want relationship or want admiration even or want Mm -hmm. connection in a particular way. Yeah. Yeah. I hope our 
Karen I's relationship brings up helpful envy mm-hmm. in that folks can maybe hear what it could be like because you have you have uh, lots of power mm-hmm. to change your relationships. Mm-hmm. You and, a, and a great start just being that ability to reflect on it for yourself first. Yeah. Of just where are there places that there might be envy that you haven't really made conscious yet? Because it is just a normal human emotion that we all feel probably very, very, very regularly. So to yeah. even be able to identify it and see where that's pointing you to what you want is such a great first first two steps. Yep. Agreed. Thanks again for joining us. If you want to learn more about Opal, visit our website at opalfoodandbody.com, or you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the handles Opal Food and Body. If you have a moment, we would love it if you would review the appetite in your preferred podcast app. This is a way that other people can easily find our content, particularly because it's so hard to find kind of anti-diet, health at every size, informed information out there so if you like us please take a second give us a review give us a comment we'd love to hear from you thanks so much to jackstraw cultural center for sound engineering to aaron davidson for the appetites original music and to david bozzi for editing hope you tune in next time bye